This is From Story to Impact, where we talk about the stories of our lives. I'm your host, Steve Gallegos, and I thank you for giving us your time and attention. This is the official show of the Voices of Impact Awards, which celebrates the voices that inspire humanity. And when we talk about voices, we're referring to voices like yours. We know that you've had struggles, you've had challenges, and you've had also some joyful, epic experiences from which you've learned important and valuable lessons. And it is through these lessons that we can elevate ourselves and also help and guide others to do better and be better in their personal lives, in their businesses, in their careers, in their relationships, in everything. Now, we all have a favorite story. Yours may be from your childhood, or it could be a story that you heard yesterday. We have stories that inspire and motivate us, stories that make us laugh, cry, and stories that inspire us to dance and sing and to create new companies and bring new solutions to the world. Stories connect us to one another. It's how we relate to one another. Stories give meaning to our past, they provide a framework for our future, and they allow us to envision the future. And so to honor and celebrate you, we created this awards show where you can share your inspiring story with the world and you can be recognized for your contribution. To learn more and to apply for your chance to be a finalist and to win $20,000 in cash and a book publishing contract from Morgan James Publishing, head on over to VOI Awards, that's VOIAwards.com and sign up to become one of our storytellers. If you have experience as a public speaker, that's great. But there's no experience required because we will train you, we will mentor you in a wide variety of areas to include writing your story, speaking, presenting. You'll get help with branding, with media, with publicity, with writing your book, and so much more that you will walk away from these awards program with new and improved skills that will serve you far beyond whatever it is that you're doing right now. So go today, register to voiawards.com. And speaking of great stories, our studio guest today is, I love this name, Isabella Maria Bordoni. That sounds so cinematic, right? She sounds like a, a movie star. And uh, indeed, this, this woman could be uh, a movie star because she's got grace, elegance, and the poise of someone that you would expect would have years and years on stage. But come to find out, she's just an ordinary mortal just like you and I. More important, she's living proof that you can go from nothing to having it all, to failing and losing it all, and then finding the power, the courage, and the strength to get it all back and much, much more. Isabella was raised in Switzerland, uh, where she lives now in Zurich. Uh, she was raised by her grandparents. They taught her how to be persistent. They taught her how to be grateful, and they taught her how to be kind to others. And get this, in her early 20s, she created a vision for her life. She created a vision that included marriage, children, luxurious lifestyle, luxurious homes and cars and epic vacations, friends and dinner parties, you know, the kind of lifestyle that most of the world dreams of having, right? As a just, whoa, that would be the ultimate. Interestingly, with no prior experience, 
Together with her former husband, she launched an international mid-to-luxury sportswear and fashion distribution company, which they grew into a multi-million dollar enterprise. And she did this all while raising children and holding down multiple part-time jobs while their company became successful. And after a few years, she achieved the dream that she had envisioned when she was in her early 20s, and she got everything she wanted, plus more, an epic grand lifestyle. But about 25 years into her dream lifestyle, she found herself in a downward spiral, and then she experienced the loss and the dissolution of her marriage, the loss of the business, the loss of the lifestyle, and the magic they had created seemingly disappeared overnight. Isabella was lost, confused, and absolutely heartbroken. But as we know, when one door closes, another door opens. In this case, she decided to attend an event where she would speak on stage in order to overcome her fear of public speaking. And at the end of her talk, she was surrounded by people asking her about her story, admiring her for, for her strength and her courage, and asking her to coach them. And so this led to her becoming an international empowerment and happiness coach, a certified clinical hypnotherapist, and a rapid transformational therapist working with career women to help them regain their self-worth, their confidence, and the joy in their lives. Please welcome to the stage, to our virtual stage, our virtual studio, Isabella Maria Bordoni. Isabella, welcome and thank you for joining us all the way from beautiful Zurich, Switzerland. How are you today? I am feeling amazing. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm looking forward to whatever comes, the questions you have, whatever is going to happen. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, it's such a pleasure to have you here. And I got to tell you that you are my first show guest from Switzerland. We've had them from all over the world, but this is the first time I've had a guest from Switzerland. And it's, uh, let's see, it's um, where I'm at in Denver, Colorado. It's a little bit close to 9.45 in the morning. And I understand it's probably about 5.45, close to 6 p.m. in the evening where you are, right? Yeah, exactly so, Yes. Wonderful. So you folks are experiencing, as we are probably leaving fall, going into winter, what are winters like in, in Zurich these days? Well, in Zurich, they have changed. You know, when I was a child, we had a heavy amount of snow. Um, and nowadays, we see during winter times, we see snow twice during the season, and it unfortunately melts within two, three days. Um, that's how it is. But we still have the mountains and there is still a lot of snow. The skiing is still great. Everything is amazing. But Zurich just has become one of the places in Switzerland where we are not seeing much of snow. But the winters are cold, but rather wet. Wonderful. Do you spend time in the snow? Do you, are you a skier? And yeah, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I, I, yes, of course. And I, I picked up snowboarding. Snowboarding. Uh, <laughs> at, the age of, uh, at a rather old age, actually. And um, yeah, with John Palmer, um, the legend of the US. Um, so we distributed his snowboards and I had to start snowboarding. And I wanted to have a race board because I thought, you know what? I really of want course. to. Of course. <laughs> of, of course. Why yeah. not just, why not start at the top? <laughs> Sure. No, but that was really fun. And the thing is, I mean, I still enjoyed it. And I also enjoy skiing. I enjoy winter. I think I enjoy all the seasons that Switzerland offers. 
How wonderful. I, I haven't been to Switzerland. It's one of the places that I do want to visit, uh, not just for my own curiosity, but I'm a professional photographer as well. And I just love the landscape, sir. I've seen it on movies and television and in books and magazines. And it just looks like such a, a beautiful, romantic place. It's a thriving city, thriving community. And of course, beautiful people, happy people um, uh, that you have there in your community. I'm sure you have some non-happy people too, but for the majority, right? And everywhere we go, we tend to run into happy people anyway. So how exciting that you get to live in such a beautiful place in the world. Now, Isabella, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. You have a wonderful story. And that's how um, you and I have been friends on Facebook for quite some time, but we've never really connected until, you know, by the grace of God, by the grace of the universe, I was... Uh, scrolling through Facebook um, not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, and I ran across a, a post that you created where you're sharing that you're preparing, that you're in the process of writing your book, and you're doing it by creating these beautiful blog posts that journey your life from when you were a small child and your parents divorced and you're being raised by your grandparents to the time that you're you know, thriving in business and then you know, what happened there and those kinds of things. And I was just intrigued and captivated by your story. And I wanted to introduce you to our audience and to the listeners of this podcast, because the Voices of Impact Awards, as you know, celebrates the stories that inspire humanity. And yours is truly an inspirational story. Um, so thank you for making the time to be with us today and, and for your willingness to share your story. Now, let me ask you this. You created a life for yourself that most people only dream of, and you started thinking of this, or at least according to your book, um, when you were in your early 20s, but you didn't grow up with that kind of lifestyle, you, right? You grew up in a very, um, a very humble background, right? With not a lot of money, not a lot of resources. So what was your vision for having the life that you ultimately created? Was it, did you read books? Were you watching movies? What, what was the inspiration for you? Inspiration was the family. I went as an au pair in 1976 because I had to learn English. And so, as you say, by the grace of God or by the grace of universe, I ended up in a upper-class family, um, a bit outside London, in an amazing house, in a family of, um, with four children, two, two being adopted, and I realized the lifestyle they had. But the thing is, whatever they had, whether it was a horse or this, um, the gardener or the cleaner, um, they always were down to the ground. But what I realized too is it opened my mind up to music, classical music, to, the, to paintings, because you know, in these houses you find portraits of the mother and grandmother and the family history and whatever you want and the jewelry she owned, but it was all in, a, in this English manner, you know? It's, it's a way of being humble, but still knowing a lot. And then of course, um, there were the poems, there was a discussion at the table about politics, and everything, I knew I wanted to have this life. And at the time then, um, the wife um, was really independent. Um, she showed me book of Simone de Beauvoir. Um, she had her own bank account. Her husband would give, pay her money for her work she did for the family. And she still was a working mother on a part-time job. And 
I sort of thought, wow, if anything I want to have, that's the life I want to have. I want to be a happy woman. I want to be a fulfilled woman. I want to be still down to the earth, but I also want to indulge in, in, in music, in operas, in fashion, in luxury. And this is what this year and a half opened to me a complete new world, which I before, honestly, I haven't seen and haven't realized. And anyway, it was not something that a person the way I grew up um, would ever achieve. How wonderful that you were able to have that experience and create that vision for yourself, because a lot of people would, number one, if, if they were fortunate enough to create the experience to go work for a family like that, they might think, oh, well, they can do it, but I could never achieve that. But you, some somehow inside you, you had this, this belief that, hey, if they can have it, I can have it too. Was that based on the teachings from your grandparents or were you reading lots of books in, the, in, in those times that gave you that belief? I think, you know, my grandparents, as you said, they have taught me many different things. But, I mean, whatever was a better life was not achievable. What, what I realized, and now you asking me this question is, always read book. I, I started reading books very early and in the library I could move on from the child to, to the other section and to the other section because I was just wanting to read books. And the thing is, I think that was just a pivotal moment when I've been, when I entered this house and I realized, you know what, as you said, I can have this too. Nobody stops me to achieve it. And I belong to it. It doesn't mean just because I grew up in a surrounding where this was impossible that I'm not going to achieve it. I, really, I felt it in my heart. I want to live this way. I didn't know when I was 20 if ever I would achieve it, if ever I would get married or if ever I would have anything of it. But it was just each day I woke up it was just something in my own room, which I never had. Um, going down for breakfast, you know, seeing all these people coming, going, um, attending these dinners and listening to these so um, inspiring um, discussions, whatever topic it was, um, seeing all these different kind of people. That's what I wanted. And honestly... When you're 20, you think about it and you know you want to have it, but how do you know? <laughs> so I think it was, inst I, I possibly already had it in me because otherwise I wouldn't have been this reader. Otherwise I would not have been uh, the person rather staying by myself without having too many friends. I don't know, maybe one step after the other led to this. And then I returned and I was sort of coming back to Zurich and I thought, oh gosh, I don't want to be here. <laughs> Sue me back to England <laughs> quickly. <laughs> How wonderful for you. And it's, you know, it's it's interesting for, on, on many levels, but one of the things that I find fascinating is that most au pairs um, it, especially when you're working for a, a very successful family, a very high-profile family, you don't really get to relate and interact with the uh, your employers, right? Yeah. Your your t 
take care of the kids and and do your assignment and you stay quiet. You don't ask a lot of questions and, you know, you don't get to party with them. You don't get to sit down and and have dinner and share uh, conversations with the guests that they were having and those kinds of things. So did did you get to interact with, with the woman or did you just observe? No, I was part of the family. That oh, was you were? Family. Okay. I was part of the family um, and I was the 14th au pair which to them was the last au pair because the children were of so, were sort of grown up and the youngest I think was 6, 8, 12 and 14 they were and um, I don't know what happened I just walked in and then you know I couldn't even understand the word I threw the cat out when they wanted me to turn the cat along but it was still the joke of the family um, and I thought well, actually, the first two or three weeks, I wanted to run home because I thought, I'm never going to do this. Yeah. I can't understand the world. And then I grew into it. And the children taught me English with the children's mm. book because, you know, they thought we have to help her. And gradually, um, because I, th- I think the wife, Judith is her name. Unfortunately, she has left um, our beautiful planet. But she realized that I would make jokes, you know, and not take her as seriously as um, others would do. And that's just my personality. And then the doors opened up and opened up more and more. And I felt, honestly, and I'm so grateful forever, and the ones who are still alive, um, the father, I visit him regularly, um, they said, we never had a kind as you. I mean, none of them were like you. And I said, I would never have thought I would come home with all the gifts you've given me for life, in particular, um, Judith. And I think it was, how do you say that? I believe it was meant to be. It was meant to be. Well, definitely yeah. it was meant to be. And and what a, what a great beginning for you, right? Um, so, you're in your early 20s and you're having these experiences, you're witnessing, you're observing, and you're creating this desire to have and create this life for yourself. And before you know it, you're kind of moving into this. And it seems like you've had this ability to manifest whatever it is that comes to your mind that you desire. You manifested your children, your husband, multi-billion, multi-million dollar business. Uh, you've been a fashion model as well, right? Did you learn, quote unquote, how to manifest as we know it today? Or, you know, what was your secret to getting all of this? If only I would know, I could tell everybody. Um, <laughs> you, you'd, be, you'd be a multi-billionaire this time if you let that secret out. <laughs> Honestly, when I was 20, I had no clue. The only thing I really learned is uh, because my grandparents lived through World War I and World War II, and of course Switzerland was not, you know, um, torn down completely, but they had hard times to face, um, was to just live life each moment and be grateful for what you have. How that came Honestly, now I understand, of course, with whatever I have experienced, my inner journey as well. But when I was 20, I was just, I just felt home there. And that's what I wanted to replicate when I came back. And sort of, I think, now I think when you have it in your mind, 
you never let go of it. Inevitably, it has to happen. Somehow, somehow it has to happen. But at the time, even, you know, when I had my husband married, we fell in love and um, we met at work. I couldn't imagine it. Honestly, I mean, we were both very young um, and we had our dreams which merged and they were the same dreams. And But he came from a very good family too. I mean, a good family in Switzerland, not the top rich ones, but a good family. So people are still amazed how we found each other because the poor are the poor and the, 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 middle, the, the middle ones are the middle ones and the top are the top ones. So how did you get to know your husband? And mm -hmm. it's again, it's the same. It's, I don't know, it's now I know, now I can um, manifest, not to teach others how to do it because it has to come from your inner self and it's a different story. Uh, but yeah, I'm still grateful looking back. Maybe it was good I was innocent. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, sometimes it's better not to know. I, I can relate to that. I remember when I was a, a young attorney in Los Angeles, and I know you've been to Los Angeles, one yeah. of the things one of the things that all the lawyers in the law firm did was go play golf. I had yes. never played golf before. It wasn't something that I was raised with. It wasn't really anything that I was interested in. But because yeah. now I'm an attorney in this law firm, I felt pressure to go out and learn the game of golf. Well, I went out and I just went to the store and I bought myself a really nice set of clubs. I didn't know what I was doing. I asked for advice. And I said, give me a really nice set of clubs. I got them. I'd go out to the practice range. And then I started playing golf. And I was doing really good, but I didn't know what I was doing, which was interesting. And then once my law partners, they started saying, hey, you should do this and try and shift your stance to do this and do this with your swing. And do." once they started teaching me, my whole game went to crap. <laughs> I, I wasn't having fun. Yeah. It was I wasn't doing as good as I was doing yeah. when I didn't know what I was doing. Right? I was having more fun then. So I can absolutely relate to to what you're saying. Um, did you have mentors at the time? I mean, who were who were the people forty years ago? Right? When you're in your early twenties and you're having these visions and these dreams, who were some of the people that you looked up to that served as inspiration for you? It was two days. Run it, that was by me. it was Judith, the, oh, okay. the, the wife in London. It was her. And it was her because, you know, remember back in 1977, there was no internet. We had to telex and uh, write on IBM. There was nothing like that. No computers, no nothing. But I thought it was her. And then, you know, you, I, I wanted to educate myself a bit better because I wasn't allowed to study at the time. And so I got into um, another school, I started learning, I met another person, she introduced me to an HR person at Unilever at the time. So I started to work at Unilever, I got bored there, I started for more work, then of course we were all young, so we would go out together, we would go skiing, dancing, and play tennis, because that was all often at the time then. And um, that's how I met my husband. So I think because I wanted, I'm a continuous learner. I always want to learn more because I sort of, I don't know, it, this keeps me lively and interested and alive and I think young as well. But that's since I can think I want to learn more my way. And this is how I let 
to my job at Unilever. And this is how I met my husband. And this is how I started to see, look, I'm very good at what I'm doing. And so I think it's not one person, but going back, it always has been Judith. I know that in particular to whom I want to become because I wanted to become like her and not like my mother. And Mm -hmm. so that was for her. But coaches at the time was something they were inexistent. You had psychiatrists, but I was no, no, there was no place to go. <laughs> they would probably have thought she's mad. Uh, so that was it. But you, it's like stepping stones. Every time there is another person and you just think about it and then you take the opportunity. Of course, you can close the door and think that's not good for me or it's not available. But I always through open doors, I walked easily and effortlessly because I was always asking us, is it good? Yeah, of course, I'm going for it. And that's still the case. I'm still doing it. Wonderful, wonderful. What a fascinating journey you've had. Now, in Switzerland back at the time, you were in Switzerland in the 70s, right? Yeah. Yeah. What was the culture like for women? It sounds like you were more of a rule breaker and and free spirit and didn't follow perhaps the more traditional roles that women were expected to lead some 40 years ago in in switzerland was it was it very restrictive for women at the time and were you did you see yourself as kind of a a a groundbreaker switzerland was restricted remember we only females women could only vote from when 1977 i mean if you look at the world really yeah yeah that that was something so when i came back from england where everything was so modern and woman had a voice we were secretaries that's where it was we were um the thing was you get married you keep quiet you run the household and don't ever think you're going to work thereafter um that was sort of the system and when i my husband and i fell in love and we moved in together that was very new because before that it was not allowed. So it was sort of a new age, but for everyone living in Switzerland. I don't think I was sort of a role model. I was a role model in my family and I was a role model for my mother-in-law who had to digest um, whom I was or am um, because I would never do what she did. Mm. How, how amazing. Did you have uh, brothers and sisters, siblings? Yeah, I do. But you remember my parents divorced Divorced. in 1959 when I was a year and a half old. And at the time then, there were harsh laws um, against women who divorced because Mm. you you were a persona non grata. So the children, she lost custody of us, of all of us. And my siblings, my two brothers and sister, and even me were actually... um, meant to go to a children's home. And my grandmother, the mother of my mother, decided, oh gosh, a year and a half old child is going to die in a children's home. So I take her. That's why I grew up with my grandparents. So the split was done once it was divorced. Um, I mean, it's like a bomb, you know, hitting your house. And that's why I grew up with my grandparents. And I had scarcely any contact with my siblings because they were in this um, children's home 45 minutes away from Zurich and my grandparents didn't have a car. I mean, it was different times then. 
Yeah, definitely different times and very difficult times. But I understand many people around the world, you know, have those experiences, right? As young children where their parents get divorced and they get separated from their siblings and some end up having a good journey and some end up having very negative uh, experiences and, and journeys. And you were fortunate to be placed in the hands and in the care of your loving grandparents who uh, give you the opportunities and gave you the, the, the opportunity to, to see the world and kind of create the world that, that you wanted to create, which is really, really good. And uh, they didn't force you to follow the, the strict requirements of the society that no, you must go to, you know, get married and raise children and be quiet and, and, and those kinds of things. How fascinating. Now, I don't want to take away a lot from, in other words, I don't want to disclose a lot of the information that's in your book because I want our listeners and our readers to be fascinated enough to go and get your book. In fact, I recommend you, ladies and gentlemen, to connect with Isabella Maria Bordoni and to get her book. I understand it's not quite published yet, but it's in the works. But keep in contact with her. So I'm not going to reveal a lot more of what's in the book, but you do describe already in your blog post that, you know, you and your husband has built this beautiful company with no experience and that ultimately it grew very, very successful. And then you ended up losing it all without going back into detail, Isabella, and looking back at everything. Would you have done anything different? Would I have done anything different? In order uh, to keep, in order to keep the marriage or to not lose the business and, and, those kinds of things. In order to, I mean, the business was meant to be going down the drain, possibly, because um, I think I would have done something different. I would have asked for help in terms of our marriage, mm. because that was really going down the drain. And I was um, exhausted. I was, I had, I know you don't use the word burnout. Uh, we use it here in Switzerland, but I was totally exhausted. I couldn't figure out what to do anymore. I was overworked. I, to- I called myself a working horse um, to keep all the plates spinning. And I would have really asked for help and shown that we are in trouble. But I mean, this was 16 years ago. And 16 years ago, there was no COVID. There was no whatsoever of this. And there was not much unemployment. And in Switzerland at the time, you would go out of the house and whatever was behind the doors was kept behind the doors. So whatever was going on, you would never share it with your neighbors, not even with your friends. Um, Therefore, I had none to go to. And I was... I wasn't even considering to to go and ask for a coach because that was also some sign of weakness. So this definitely I would do. In terms of business, you know, we had a distribution company. And when you don't produce yourself, you don't design yourself, you're always at in between the customer, the client, and in between the person owning the brand. And times have changed too. I, I don't think, I think we could have made some drastic changes and then with an improved marriage we could possibly have kept it yes but at the time I couldn't see it I couldn't see it honestly all I wanted is to get out of it 
and because it was so it, it's it was so much and unbearing and there was no hope and there was none around and sometimes you know this is a door closed you just don't see it you, you, nobody approaches you and tells you look i'm here i'm helping you what is it and my parents i mean my grandparents they were gone uh, my mother-in-law is a different person she she was a different person and you know i was never the one who fitted into properly into this family because i had another drive and i had another wish and i've seen women differently all the time not you know really i did so i couldn't confess to her she realized but there was no help so these would have been the changes yes i don't know what the outcome would have been now i'm whom i am whom i am and and we're so fortunate that you are who you are. And thank you for thank you for that answer and thank you for being vulnerable and for sharing that with us and we do find ourselves today in a very fortunate situation that there is help, right? That there are coaches, that there are people. And you're right, they didn't exist this didn't exist in the 70s or even 80s. In fact, the coaching industry didn't come alive until the early 2003, 2004. It wasn't until about 2008 or nine that you started seeing a lot of people become, you know, you started hearing about these life coaches and executive coaching and business coaching and those kinds of things. But before that, you were right. You either spoke to your friends, you went to the bar and had a drink with your buddies and, and, and maybe you shared your story with them. Or you went to a psychologist or a psychiatrist who would give you some, here, take these and call me in the morning. Yeah, exactly <laughs> um, so, yeah. You know, but yeah, there weren't a lot of books and a lot of resources available. So you made the decisions that you made, and but you've made it work, right? You've made it work for yourself. And something else about your, your story, uh, Isabella, is that I find it hard to believe that you were ever afraid of public speaking. <laughs> because to listen to you today with your elegance and your articulation and just your ability to to have a, a conversation and having built a multi-million dollar business where you had to interact with clients and customers and vendors and you know go out there and and do what you needed to do to get the business off the ground, etc. You needed to have some ability to speak. But I think what you're referring to, and correct me if I'm wrong, is standing up in front of an audience, right? Yes, that exactly. Was, That's a different game. Yeah. It's a different when you're speaking privately or one-on-one -on -one with a small group or one person, but a larger audience. So now we're in 2017 and you're going to London to be on this stage. What was... <clears throat> What was the motivation for you to want to do that? Oh, I want to tell a comment. You know, I thought that I can never do anything if I'm not being able to speak on stage. And I met J.T. Fox and I thought, you know what? I mean, if these people all can be the ones talking on stage, I have to do it too. I can do it. I want to do it. So let's go and see what this is about. And that's why I went. Wonderful. Now, Something I know about you is that you're the kind of personality that usually says no yes. to things. But to this, you're being invited to speak on stage in public before a very large audience. You hadn't done it before. What prompted you to say yes to this? I was in a, in a, in a position in life where I got sacked of a job, actually, 
where I helped a young woman to modernize the business because she wanted to take it over. And the owner, which means the father of her, a Sicilian man of 67 years, he just couldn't deal with two women running a business, modernizing it. And he got so jealous about our success. The people loved us. We, you know, we got clients, we fished clients whom he dreamed of and he never got them. And so when she fell pregnant, um, he sacked me. And then I thought, oh, can't be. You know what? Now I have to change my life again. Okay, let Let's do it. And that's why I ran into Tatey Fox. That's why I signed up. And then I had time off. And then I thought, what am I going to do now? London. I love London. Let's go and see. I don't know who I'm meeting there. Uh, I got a totally new spirit because I thought, you know what? I'm done with being sacked. I'm done with being bullied. I'm done with being mistreated. Now it's my time. Use it as good as you can. And that's how I ended up there. How amazing. You have to get beat up sometimes in order for you to decide what you're going to do about it, right? And you just got, you know, tired of being abused and taken advantage of in business. And you decided that you were going to embrace your power, right? And uh, go out and create your own destiny, which is a fascinating thing. All right. So you go to London to speak on this stage in front of lots and lots of people. And afterwards, you have a crowd of people come up to you and say how much they admire you, how much they enjoyed your story. How did that feel for you? I was amazed because, you know, <laughs> after this pitch, I thought, gosh, I'm done. That's it. Let me relax, get a cup of coffee. I'm done for the day. Pooh, was this nerve-wracking. No, I'm not going to repeat it. And then I found myself with, with these people. And I thought, I started to think. And <clears throat> I realized, you know what? It's again, it's another stepping stone. And you, I just started talking and they asked me questions. How, why, how did you overcome that? What did you do then? What is it? What is your secret? And I started talking, you know, just from the heart, which I, I always do. I mean, I'm an open book. And then they sort of really wanted to be coached by me. I was laughing. I said, I'm sorry, I'm not a coach. I don't have a program. It was just a pitch, nothing but a pitch. And I said, yes, but we want you to do it. And so I returned to Zurich and I started. How amazing. And ladies and gentlemen, for those of you watching this program or listening to it on the podcast, the audio version, a beautiful lesson was just shared with you in the magic of sharing your story. And that's why we created the Voices of Impact Awards is because we wanted to create a platform, a vehicle where you could come and share your story, an inspiring story, right? This isn't a platform where you can come and talk about politics and wish so-and-so was the president and that the Supreme Court would have done this, that, or the other. That's not what this is for, but it's to share inspiring stories, which means to share with us the experiences that you've been on the journey and, and the struggles and the challenges from which you've learned that can help someone else. Just like our guest today, Isabella Maria Bordoni, has so beautifully explained and, and shared with you as she did. And the magic is that she wasn't looking to go out and impact the world. She wasn't looking to impact the audience. She was just wanting to break one of her own obstacles and barriers and eliminate her fear 
of public speaking as part of her taking her life into her hands, right? Her own power back and, and wanting to create her own destiny. But what she did was she shared her story. And amazingly, people just surrounded her, loved her, respected her, supported her. And more than that, they wanted her now to be a coach. So that can happen for you too. We want that to happen for you too. And the only way that's going to happen is if you go voiawards.com and you register to apply to participate in the awards program so that you too can share your story and impact the world. So Isabella, thank you. Thank you so much for stepping out and thank you so much for stepping out and, and, and pursuing your, your desires and, and, and your dreams and leaving the fear behind and just being willing to do it, just having the courage to to step up and do it. Thank you for doing that because you've made such an impact for so many people in the world and you're continuing to do that. You now serve as a empowerment and happiness coach to career women mostly because that's where your passion is. That's where your struggles were, right? In, in career and in business and marriage and being a mom and grandmother and trying to juggle all those things. What is the advice, Isabella, that you would give to the woman to the career woman that says, well, obviously Isabella can do that, but that's not me. I couldn't, I could never do that. What is your advice to her? Simple. You know, I never thought I could do it. And it's simple. Remember, you remember that, you know, that if I can do it, you can do it too. But the thing is, you know, we are proud people. We're proud. We, I, we love to, to keep the facade or the mask or whatever you name it. But the thing is, I realized the moment I became authentic and I asked for advice, the door opened. So never be shy to ask for advice. Never be shy with the right person, I have to say, to share your, um, your battles or your challenges. Because nowadays, as you say, there are enough people around who are supporting or helping of course you have to do the due diligence like i did here too and and um, and then go for it because it's not stigmatized anymore you just do it and it has changed my life completely every chance i took of course there are some failures of course there are some disappointments but overall you just go and do it because you know what if i wouldn't have done it I would not be able to talk here. I would be saying no to this and I would not be able to help other women being in the same place because I know how it feels. I really do know how it feels, but I know how it feels once you let go of it. That's just unimaginable. It really is. Life changes. It really does. What beautiful advice. And not only do you know how it feels, but you know how to move through it too. And so as a result, you can help and guide other people move through it also. And that's fascinating. And that's why you're so successful uh, doing what you do today. But more important, ladies and gentlemen, what I just heard from Isabella's response there was that we are not our stories. What she shared is that things will happen to you and we can learn from those things and we can either stay the victim. She could have stayed the victim or she could have said, no, this isn't the life that I want to lead. But in order to create the life I want to lead, I need to go out and do different things. I need to go out and do things on my own. I need to go out and learn, become better educated, have new experiences and say yes to new opportunities because that's how Isabella 
was able to do that for herself. And I'm just so grateful that she is with us today and that she shared her story and a little bit about her insight and, and the dynamics of how she was able to move through the different facets and, and journeys of her life. Before we let you go, Isabella, what coaching services do you currently provide to these career women and how, how do you like to work with them? I have a program which is from self-doubt and self-touching to confidence and happiness. Um, it's a nine weeks program. It includes two RTT sessions. So we do understand what beliefs hold them back. And then it's a nine weeks coaching program, which I successfully set up after this um, um, pitch on stage where people, women and, or people surrounded me. And this is very successful because it really brings them actually from the outside where you are just a hamster in a wheel, you decide how you create your life. So it goes from the outside to the inside and then you create from the inside. This is just what an amazing person has qualified me for. Um, she's um, um, a medical doctor on a high position, ranking a very high position. And she said, without you, I would not have realized that I always was there for the others. And I was, you know, doing to-do lists all day long, all my life long, without realizing what I want to have in life. And this is what I want. So really have this change because that's what I'm passionate about. Very good. Thank you for that. And so it's a nine-week program. And in order for them to work with you, they can contact you through your website at isabellamariabordoni.com. Yes, and I yes. offer this online just as well as one-to-one -one, um, in groups or person-to-person um, -person, um, as they like. Yes, absolutely. Great. And we hope that uh, after this interview, you're just going to get flooded with new clients because you've, okay. you've, shared, you've shared some brilliance with us. Again, Isabella, thank you so much for being vulnerable, for sharing your story with the world, uh, because you're creating impact. You've impacted a lot of people thus far, and you're continuing to impact a lot more people. And through this show, through this program, we're going to introduce you to a much wider audience. And so you're going to get to impact even more people. When do you expect your book might come out? It's still in the, in, in the editing. Um, I would say in four to five months. Four to five months. Okay. In the editing process. Very good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a fascinating interview. I'm just so grateful that we have learned so many things from Isabella, primarily how to say yes to new opportunities, how to just go on innocent belief that you can accomplish whatever it is that you desire to accomplish, not what other people think you should be doing, but what you desire to accomplish and just forget the rules, just go for it. And, and you're going to create magic as uh, our guest has done. And it's um, so beautifully, so elegantly as well. So I'm grateful Isabella for your time. Anything else that you would like to leave our audience with as, as we go? Look out for a happy life. And if you have space challenges, go and ask for help. Go and ask for help. Those are, um, wise words, right? Go and ask for help. I know that's something that I personally have had a challenge doing, not just simply because of the careers that I've been in. I've been a U.S. Marine, U.S. military. I've been a police officer. I've been a lawyer. I've been a singer, songwriter, entertainer. And these are 
careers and, and positions in life where people look to you for answers. And so it's very hard when you're in a leadership role to ask for help because as Isabella pointed out, you know, we are afraid of feeling weak. We don't want to feel, um, you know, like we're not capable of handling whatever situation. But the truth is, ladies and gentlemen, that we are human. We're human beings, and we just happen to find ourselves in these particular roles and careers and situations, but that doesn't stop us from being human and, and being subject to these human emotions and the human experiences, and sometimes our human experiences require us to get help, and so we should do it. So contact Isabella Maria Bordoni on her website. We'll have the information and her social media profiles in the show notes so you can contact her. Say hello. Tell her you saw her here on the show. And thank you for joining us. And we'll see you on the next episode.